Thank you. Praise God. Good morning. My name is Pastor Luke. I'm the associate pastor here at First Covenant Church. Um, and today, my heart is burdened. Um, kind of hit me here sitting and because of in recent events in our world and um, the violence that is done towards people and the pain and the hurt and the suffering and divisiveness and our world does it does truly it needs Jesus in the cliche sense but it absolutely needs Jesus and these words could not be more true for us today and they're not just true for some enemy or entity or otherness in the world they're true for us they're true for you this is a message for you it's a message for me reconciliation as the apostle paul put it but i want to go the step further and remind you that the bible is a story of reconciliation to god i have a couple of these images up here of the lord pointing pointing to the stars Abraham in Genesis, when he said to Abraham, I will make your nations, I will make your people as numerous as the stars, but through you will come a blessing to all nations. Through you would become this promised Messiah, the Savior of the world. Abraham knew the brokenness. Brokenness was a part of his world as much as it is today. And then, of course, the coming of Christ, the Christ child. But it all began with this this call of the Lord in Genesis chapter 3, where he said to man after Adam and Eve had eaten of the forbidden fruit and had rebelled against God, the Lord's first call to them was, where are you? Where are you? Because their dwelling had been disrupted. They had, been, they had hidden themselves from the Lord. Sin and rebellion had caused a separation between man and God, humanity and God, Adam and Eve, and to us. And the Lord calls, where are you? Where are you? Longing for us to be reconciled to Him. That we can dwell together in His presence. That we can abide again with Him. And the good news, the gospel that we speak of in our church it is that we have been reconciled. As I showed, uh, right away the, the story of reconciliation began in the Bible. Right away the Lord was at work. He knew. He had a plan. He would be with His people. He would be with His creation. He would redeem the world. But it started with this plan. It's in the Bible. The Bible literally means many books. And in those many books, this story is, is drawn out. Christ has made a way. We saw in that picture the Jesus coming down. He was Emmanuel. He was God with us. God come down to make a way. This is the good news. This is why I have given my life to this message. And the same for you. That's what it is to be Christians, little, little Christs. Is that we say, Christ has made a way. Be reconciled. Be reconciled to Him. He's calling. Where are you? Where are you? And as long as we live in that state of rebellion, there's no telling what we can do to one another. Reconciliation literally means to be restored to favor. To be back with the Lord. To be atoned for. 
So real quick, we'll go through this. Um, I know we're pressed for time. So these are our three points for today in terms of this message that we've heard from Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians. And I want to actually meant to call these the three re's. <laughs> First, we are recreated in reconciliation. Recreated in reconciliation. We'll get into what that means. Recompelled by reconciliation and recommitted to reconciliation. And there's a point to why I say re because Jesus in John chapter three says those who are not born again, they stand condemned already in the apostle Paul. He points out that in this present state of rebellion, disconnected from God, hiding from God. We are committed, created, and compelled towards something. And that thing is ourselves. That thing is the flesh. Because if we're not serving God, we're serving something else. So recreated, as it says, and I'm kind of skipping around in the verses here to make this point because I want to start with this creation. But therefore, from now on, the Apostle Paul says, we recognize no one according to the flesh, your existing state, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, which is very important. Yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, a completely new creature, a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. New creatures of Christ see others with fresh eyes, the eyes of a new creation, not according to outward appearances, right? Not according to law, looks, works ethnicity but rather by the spirit which is this new essence as jesus says you must be born again of spirit the flesh can be our most divisive quality why because in our rebellion that's what drives us this me what i want what serves my purposes what serves my group whatever it may be that is what divides us that is rebellion that's what, that's what Adam and Eve looked after, was themselves. We're not getting enough. But it says this, because of Christ, 1 Corinthians 4, in one spirit, in one, we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, right? Whether difference in flesh, slave or free, difference in occupation, what you do, all these things. But we were given one spirit to drink. So this might be uh, some think that it's better if Jesus were present with us in his flesh. But it would not be not today, not now. And Jesus knew this. He said, is this your advantage that I go away? For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit. So I make this point that knowing someone in the flesh is not nearly as important as knowing one in the spirit. Not that the flesh isn't important. It is. But in the same way, knowing Jesus in the flesh is only an introduction to knowing him fully in the spirit. Why? Because his spirit compels us. It creates us. It makes us a new creature. As we see Peter at Pentecost, when the spirit came upon him, he was a new creature. He stood boldly before his fellow man and said, be reconciled to God. The spirit unites us once we were divided by flesh, Cain and Abel. You can look at every story, division, division, division. But now we are united in Christ Jesus. His spirit 
It's a beautiful thing. Compelled. Recompelled then. How are we recompelled? Okay, the Apostle Paul, he goes on. For the love of Christ controls, compels us. His love now, this new creation that we are, we are now compelled by His Spirit. Like a stream that searches for the sea, so does the Spirit of God. To be with God. Of course, why wouldn't it? Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and He died for all so that who live might no longer live for themselves, the flesh, the state of rebellion, but for him, our common goal, correct? Our civic duty, as we talked about, who died and rose again on our behalf. John Calvin said this, he died for us so that we may die to ourselves. You cannot see reconciliation in any light, in any place in your, in your life until you first have become accountable to God and yourself, in your own flesh, your own desires. The reconciled, recreated, recompelled creature can do nothing other than speak the story of reconciliation. Hear these words. It is no longer about me. It's no longer about the flesh, what gets good things for Luke. It's about God. Martin Luther, as he stood before the Diet of Worms, taking his stand against the Roman Catholic Church this time, he says, my conscience has become captive to the word of God. He could have been burned at the stake at any moment, but it was no, I'm pointing to God. It's not about me. It's not about my flesh that can literally be burned. It's about God. 2 Corinthians 10 says that. Let all your motives become captive to God. And the third point, recommitted. Recommitted. The Apostle Paul, he says, now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, what is that ministry? That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word, the logos of reconciliation. Christ was, and the word became flesh. Christ is the ministry. He's the word. He is the literal acting out of reconciliation for the world. God has initiated this ministry of reconciliation, even though he's the innocent party. And this is what blows me away. This is where I stand before the cross the same way Charles Wesley said, and can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused him pain? Does that pierce you to the heart, beloved? Does that motivate you? Does that compel you? He reconciled us to himself. We did not reconcile ourselves to him. Why should I gain from his reward? How deep the Father's love, the song goes. You can think of many places that hit this note, but reconciliation comes by the word of reconciliation. God uses the preached word to reconcile men and women to himself. That's why I said the Bible is a story of reconciliation. That's why we preach the whole gospel. We preach from Genesis to Revelation. Because the whole story tells this Theme, be reconciled to God. Where are you? Where are you? 
how, of course, has God made reconciliation possible? How can I even stand here with any confidence at all? How can I promote this? How can we build a church on this and have the people go forward and do everything we do? Well, it's because of this key verse, verse 21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. The only way to be with God in him. The sin of the world, my sin, your sin, rebellion, Adam and Eve, it was laid upon Jesus. He became sin, even though he knew none of it. He did not sin, but he became sin, was laid upon the cross. And through his death, he suffered and felt But because he's the perfect mediator between us and the Lord, because he's the perfect spotless lamb, just as in Leviticus 16, they placed the sins of the people, the Israelites on this lamb and sent it into the wilderness to take away the sins for the people. This was Jesus, the perfect lamb, the perfect mediator, the completor. It was laid upon him on the cross and through him. Our sin was laid upon Him and His righteousness was laid upon us through faith. And because of this, Charles Spurgeon said, if God Himself provided the sacrifice, be sure that He has accepted it. Verse 20, therefore having confidence in our salvation, is my little note here, therefore because we're confident in this, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg on your behalf of Christ. Here's the theme. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Now an ambassador represents the very best. They should anyway. They represent, like, for instance, you can think between countries, an example of that country. The values, the thoughts, the ideas. For Christians, we, first and foremost, over any other allegiance, are ambassadors to Christ. Therefore, we represent Him and His ministry, which is namely the word of reconciliation. An ambassador of Christ is a living reality of what Christ offers. Just real quick, there was this story in World War II. Um, one of the fighter pilot who became a prisoner of war in a Japanese camp, POW. And he, he found the Lord in that camp. He was given a Bible after asking for it. And, and it was tortured in an immense way. It was just horrible. A man saw his friends die. And there was a certain one man in that camp who was particularly cruel towards these prisoners he would be rescued by allied forces would go back to america and then through the word of god through what he experienced in his changed life of christ would then come back to japan as a missionary and he actually ran into one day his old captor and he shared the gospel with this captor and between the two of them not only did they become reconciled to God, but they became reconciled to one another. Why? Because an ambassador of Christ represents the living reality of Christ. So not only are you reconciled to God, which is first in importance, 
But you become reconciled to people and relationships and wrongs and hurts. Reconciled people reconcile. Write that down and mark it well. And that might be the very next step for you today. I've been reconciled to God, yes, but what's the next step? Well, reconcile your relationships. Nothing reconciles relationships, brokenness, hurt, faster than the presence of Christ-likeness. We must represent God well here. Blessed to be a blessing, Abraham. Reconciled to be a reconciler. So my, I, I end with this. Three key questions for di- maybe different walks, different places here. First of you, maybe you've never experienced the love of Christ. Maybe you've never put your faith in Him. You've allowed Him to take away your sin. You're still living in this, where are you? God's calling, where are you? My beloved, my child. So as Paul says, and as I stand here charged with the same gospel, I, I plea with you, be reconciled to God. This is my, this is the hope I stand on in a world that kills each other. Be reconciled to God. It is the foundation. As long as we say that there is no God and we turn away from His hope and we continue to live in rebellion, we continue to hurt and kill and destroy. If you want to see reconciliation between people, then your number one goal should be be reconciled to God. Another question for you. Are you compelled by God's love? Are you compelled by what Christ has done? Does it reach to your very soul? And third question. Are you committed to reconciliation? Not only committed to this gospel, but the because ofs. Are you committed to the because ofs? Because I'm reconciled to Christ and he has given me not this flesh ministry. I'm a new creature and my brother and sisters are new creatures. I will reconcile with them because they represent Christ and they represent his image and they're important. And they're important. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so good. Forgive us of our sins, Lord. Prepare us for this table. Lord God, I pray that this word would reach out, Lord, overcome the flesh and bones of who I am, God, and that you would speak directly to this congregation. Send us forth into your kingdom. In Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen.